Hello, and welcome to the second season of Gem Girls Podcast, where we continue screaming into the void, hoping, praying, wishing anyone is listening to us talk about Gem and the Holograms, the 80s cartoon that is beloved by some, but honestly forgotten by most. I'm Hakuna Matitis. And I'm Orphus Jones, and today we're discussing Gem Season 2. As already said, we are on Season 2, baby. Um, season 2, Episode 1, Part 1, I think, technically. Uh, the, the Talent Search. And uh, according to Christy Marks' website, which looks like it hasn't been updated since 1997, just like calling your elk girl, get some fucking flash, I don't know, install a fra- flash drive or a, a, a GIF or a GIF here and there, whatever. Uh, yeah, it reminded me of one of those websites you'd have in grade 7 or 8, like on GeoCities or Angel Fire or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even MySpace. It's like pre Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regardless, according to that mad outdated uh, website, this is the episode where Shayna leaves the holograms to design clothes for a big name TV actress. Jem opens a talent search to get a new drummer. Introduction of Rhea, <laughs> Jetta, a misfit. Sorry, I said that because they're all in caps, so I felt the need to yell it. All right, um, whatever, too. Continuing on, Rhea accidentally learns Jem's secret, quotes without Jem realizing it, end quotes. Uh, yeah, and this is the first part of a two-part episode written by Lady Mark, so, like, strap yourselves in. We're in for a ride and a half, people. Uh, and thank God we have Miss Marks back in our lives again because honestly, I've been missing her touch. She's always super over the top, super extra, super dramatic about everything, and I live. It's true, but I think in contrast, this is a relatively toned down two-parter from Ms. Marks. Yeah, you know what? That's true, and it was super disappointing. Like, where is the orphan exploitation where was the physical abuse right we we didn't get a car chase either no car chases and no goons. a lot of a lot of no goons yeah zero goon presence which i mean is a little racist but whatever and as we've discussed countless times representation matters where were the goons at where is the goon <laughs> representation <laughs> yeah no goon representation um there were a lot of plot threads that were being weaved. I'll give credit to that. Um, but also, yeah, no hilarious hijinks, no excessive violence, no one almost died. I will say, though, that this might be the only episode where Shayna consistently looks good, which, you know, like, uh-huh. All right, we're going to talk about it. some things then, because I might have a different opinion. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> I... I, I only, I just have descriptions that match what I saw. And I'm not actually, and sometimes she looked good. Other times I'm going to say questionable. So we can discuss it when it comes. Yeah, we can discuss it later. So um, yeah, we open up to the scene of Shayna um, giving a dress to uh, Chrissy that she made herself. But like to this dress that uh, Shayna made for Chrissy, like what do you think about it? It was like... It was star-spangled, in, but also like had a vest into it. I, I don't know what it's a feel about I it. I mean, yes, I hear you. It was a little bit ugly, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't really covet children's clothing. I don't really think children's clothing is meant to look that fashionable or cool or desirable from our eyes. Fair, but as a man who wears children's clothes a lot, like, kids got some it's looks. an adult who doesn't wear little 
kids clothing i don't know what you're talking about from my eyes they just look you know run down and dirty and shit i I guess like rich people's kids (laughs) okay yeah sure rich people rich people's kids have great looks have you seen rich people's kids they're dressed so well i mean on the one hand there are definitely some looks that little kids could pull off that adults couldn't like you can wear ladybug leggings with a ladybug shirt and like a floral bandana i don't know dude ladybug leggings that's so cute but you're right if an adult wore it you'd be like are you a kindergarten teacher or just a psychopath i do think that you need to be a bit of a psychopath to be a kindergarten teacher though like you need to be in a state of arrested development but anyway as previously mentioned we open up to chris uh chrissy trying on a dress shana made for her when shana is beckoned down to band practice yeah, I just want to like, I just want to point out how unenthused Shayna is because she's basically like, "Oh right, the session, I forgot." And it's like, Shayna, can you sound any one any more unenthused and two like a narc? Like you've never heard of, you know, like jam sesh or something? She says it like, "Oh right, the session." It's like, oh, okay, do you one do you care and two are you a musician? Well, it actually turns out she's probably one of the most valuable musicians in the group since. None of them know how to play any other instrument. Like, she says, I'm sick of playing the drums. I don't want to play the drums today. I miss playing the guitar. But no one else can cover the drums for her because they are all useless. Right, right. She even says, she's like, yo, Kimber, can you play the drums this time? Because, like, I don't want to. And then Kimber's like, nah, I got to play the keys. Everybody else can't play the drums. And then Shayna, who is mad passive aggressive this entire episode. <laughs> the fucking worst. Sits, yeah, it's like she had, had a, we can get into it. But she like sits down onto the drum. And she's like, you know, I'd really like it if someone else could play sometimes. And it's like, like Shayna, put your foot down or fuck yeah, off. Yeah, like if you're so dissatisfied with the band and your place in it, why don't you leave and do something else? Right. You know, it's, pursue your fashion thing, which you care so much about. It, well, that is exactly what happens. Because uh, <laughs> our boy Tony Jules basically comes in and he's like, there's no time to waste. Uh, you know, J- uh, Shayna, 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 uh, I have to, like, talk to you because I'm, like, directing this Liz Stratton miniseries, who's some bitch who is on television or something, and she fired her other dress designer, and now she wants something, someone new and exciting, so he, quote-unquote, naturally thought of Shayna, which I'm like, okay, sure, 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 I don't know if anything Shayna does is new and exciting, but also, like, you two are boning, so let's just call a spade a spade and you naturally thought of it because you're macking on some girl who happens to be doing a job that your boss said she needs all right i mean we can't expect shana to get by on talent and taste alone because she doesn't have any exactly (laughs) so cutting um but yeah i do think that tony jules did do her a huge solid by giving her this opportunity to do something and basically when he whisks her away the practice is effectively over. Not before we get like a, you know, a, Je- a Jericho or a gem doing a shows over synergy thing. So she switches between her personas. Um, and then it's only in the frame that they actually do the switch. But Gem is wearing one outfit. And then we go to the shows over frame and she's wearing a different outfit. And then changes to turn into another outfit. 
And it was just like one of those get your shit together people who like run this show. <laughs> oh my god. How did they allow that to happen? Well, I think it was because they already had a her transitioning from Gem to Jerrica in one outfit. And they were like, oh, okay, this one looks close enough. So, like, fine, fine, fine. And it did look really close. I think they just said the coloring was different or something. But it was definitely, a, like, different clothes. <laughs> that is just so fucking lazy. Super lazy, but I kind of, I just kind of love it. I still love the cutting of corners. And just the whole kids are dumb. They're not going to notice thing. Because they are. Speaking of cutting quarters, I really feel like they've cut a lot of corners this season with the music videos. They're not very flashy or imaginative at all. That actually is pretty true. This episode, the um, yeah, the the music videos were pretty dialed down. And I just feel so lost because like the music videos gave us a lot of eyeballs. You know, I really miss the eyeballs. And how will we connect to the Lord of Eyeballs? Like, what is? happening exactly exactly because like that was our deposit of eyeballs were like this uh, these music videos and if we can no longer or them for a strong eyeball presence i don't know what we're doing here anymore the lord of eyeballs has forsaken us exactly and, like i really need his guiding light his him to beam down i, know what you mean. I, need, I need like him to point the way and by point, I mean look, because he's just an eyeball. I imagine his gaze to be like a portal that just beams you up into the universe through his gaze. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And like, I know where to go. He's like, you know, it's almost, it's basically like Jesus take the wheel, but far more profound and meaningful. Like, instead of ascending to heaven, you ascend to this multiverse full of eyeballs floating around and circling towards you and like staring at you the eyeball the eyeballers through yeah, you yeah. and they're just eyeballs on eyeballs and eyeballs even you well, are everything is but an eyeball including <laughs> you and so you just be an eyeball with an eyeball inside like a bunch of eyeballs <laughs> depending like, depending yeah depending on the complexity of the individual and or entity and or creature uh but yeah a lot of eyeballception going around with that what would your eyeball form be jocelyn I just imagine my silhouette, but instead of flesh and bone and hair and whatever, it's just a bunch of eyeballs. Okay, I would personally go the, like, giant eyeball with bat wings route. I think, like, maybe a pig snout. Um, an eyeball with a pig snout? Um, I'm just trying to understand that. And bat wings. Uh, maybe, maybe some sort of cloak as well, just to, like, add a little bit of flair. I think that would be my true eyeball form, which would basically just be my truest, my, the essence of myself is that. Okay, 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 I got it. So I'm just a giant floating eyeball um, with like oh, okay. really gnarly details, you know, a lot of veins, a lot of like tendrils coming down and like the tendrils are okay, almost sentient and can like snatch you up and like, I just snatch you up and like, eat you because there's a hole in the bottom of the eyeball that is my mouth jocelyn i like i'm very aroused right now uh, <laughs> that was everything you had me at veins quite honestly i don't know i just feel like that's my true identity my identity <laughs> identity thank you thank you thank you <laughs> 
Hashtag icons. And I think, honestly, the biggest icon of them all is the upcoming eyeball son from the best episode of the series, Alone Again. Best eyeball. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So to reach ahead, listener, if you're still listening to this as we went off of this, like, real creepy tangent now that I think about it. Uh, in a later episode, we will get the iconic eyeball son. So... Rest assured, eyeballs are here to stay. The Lord is still with us. We can now safely move on. Amen. 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 No. Uh, <laughs> we'll work, work on it. We'll work on it. That's not bad, though. It's a good start. Yeah, people will get the ball rolling on get that the one. Rolling. That's for sure. It's <laughs> <sighs> <That's> so stupid. <laughs> truly, truly. Anyway, to get back to this episode. Shayna is being such a little whiny bitch about everything. Like, get it together, girlfriend. Yeah, she's she's a real crybaby this episode. Uh, but I think, you know, directly after the whole, like, jam music session thing, we go to this, uh, this woman, Liz Stratton's house. Uh, pretty sure she has the same voice as the Countess, or, like, this voice actress has done a lot of stuff on Jem. Uh... And she wants to basically hire Shane on the spot. Like, I like her. I like your energy. And Stratton is basically like, hey, okay, well, pack a few things and come back this evening because we have to, like, work everything out up until, like, the shooting starts. And Shayna, all meek, is like, oh, I don't know. I Like, I got to go play drums for Jim and the Holograms. Stratton, rightfully so, is basically like, who? Who the fuck is Jim? Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> And she's so literally cheap. like, I will make you famous. And you want to play the drums? Like, shut up and get out of here. Uh, I, re- I really liked, I, I like that moment. Because it's like, okay, on the one part, yeah, you're on a, you're part of a band that is like, I guess, pretty famous. But on the other hand, if you really want to make a splash in your field, and this woman is going to give you the opportunity to be on covers and primetime television, yeah, shut the fuck up. Do what she says. Yeah, especially because she's basically in the background the entire time in the holograms and, like, no one knows who the fuck she is. I didn't even, like, think about Shayna as a musician, really. Yeah, did we we ever know that she played the drums? It has never been... I mean, we see her play. Yes, yeah. But it's never been talked about as, like, Shayna is the drummer. Shayna the drummer is honestly kind of a bummer. Yeah, she's a bummer drummer. <laughs> um, but so then when she leaves, she puts on her hat. And this is where we see this real Jackie Kennedy getup that Shayna's rocking. You make that sound like it's a bad thing. Jackie Kennedy was a fucking icon okay and the thing is i agree and i love a good jk look don't get me wrong i just don't think i really like it on Shayna. honestly i think you're being um kind of racist right now (laughs) oh okay so i saw that coming the only thing is the part that lost me was when she put on the hat and I was like, oh, hats don't look good when you have triangle hair. I mean, yeah, I guess purple triangle hair doesn't go with much. <laughs> yeah, when you have purple triangle, it takes off, I mean, it cuts off the triangle element because you got a, like, you got a hat on the tip, on the tip. Just, just a tip. The tip. Uh, just a tip. So that, that was my main thing. That was my, that was the main part of me not, of being questionable of, of, of Shayna's looks. May or may not be racist. You're right. I mean, I don't know. I thought she looked kind of cute. Like, she looked... 
like a 1960s airline stewardess, and I thought it was a really flattering look on her. Or at the very least, one of her less hideous looks. Yeah, I mean, again, you're not wrong. It's just, I think we've seen Jem do that outfit, but arguably better. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I think this episode, she looked like a powerful, wealthy African princess. And I was honestly kind of living for it. Her next out, her next outfit. Yes. This one, I just don't know if I get that off of it. Anyway, so once Shayna kind of sadly leaves and they're in the car or she's in the car with Tony Jules, um, she kind of asks for his advice and complains to him about how sad she is. And he was like, they just want you to be happy. They want you to, um, right. you know, I, like, live out your t- dream. Tony Jules got some good advice right here. Yeah, and I would say compared to Jem and Rio or Jerrica and Rio's relationship, like they actually do talk about things that matter and they seem to have a real healthy adult relationship built on support that is fair like they actually talk about things and have advice to give each other despite the fact like this like they have an awkward passionateless kiss when he drops her off i thought that was a little bit weird but um i do agree like yeah he he, she is coming to him with her problems and he is actively giving her advice as opposed to the usual like gem jerica rio vibe where it's jerica so fucked up yeah I know, it's like Jerrica hiding her problems, Rio trying to find out and getting angry, whatever the outcome is, and then storming off, and then Jem coming in to be like the good one, and then Jerrica and him eventually resolving things, even though she kind of still cheated on herself with him. It's It's a mess. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's super toxic, and like, maybe it shouldn't be on a children's TV show for young girls to emulate. Yeah, 0%. That actually is true. I wonder how many young girls grew up watching Jim pull her shit and being like, oh yes, lying is the answer. Yeah, so anyway, Jerrica decides that the way to deal with the situation is through holding a talent search for a newest member of the band. And basically she immediately has all of the orphans doing her dirty work they pound that tarmac hard and get to work promoting the talent search at various record stores and what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has those here, or she has her orphans out in force this episode, uh, like her little mob that it is. Her little orphan goon squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before that happens. We go back like Shayna is just pulling up to uh, Starlight Mansion, and basically. Gem and the holograms are, like, trying to be super, super supportive. So when Shayna tells them, like, hey, this actress lady wants me to essentially move in and start working with her, like, nonstop. They're like, hey, like, that's great. Like, let's get you in there. Don't worry about it. And Shayna's like, well, what about, like, your drummer? And they're like, uh, we'll do a talent search. Like, we'll find a new drummer. And Audra has this line where she's like, and we'll get lots of publicity in the process. Like, looking a little crazy-eyed. And I was like, oh, okay, Aja, like, you're the, you're the publicity obsessed one. I get it. I get it. I don't understand how, like, both parties, Gem and the Holograms and Shayna, were just so socially inept in that situation. Like, why did they think it would be a good idea to basically chase both, her up I the agree room? both parties. Like, like, I think Gem and the Holograms overdid it on what they were trying to do of, like, being so into the idea to, like, not make Shayna feel bad. 
But also on Shayna's end of things, I was like, well, how do you want them to react? Like, super, super bummed and, like, asking you to stay so you feel more conflicted? I, 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 I think I put more of the blame on Shayna's camp because, at least for Gem and the Holograms, they were trying to be good friends. And in the end, at the end of the day, like, I think, like, that's what I would do for a friend, just maybe not, you know, so ham-fisted. Yes, but I also do think the holograms did make it seem like they were happy to see her go. Like, I don't know. It seemed like they were saying, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out or something. Right, right. Which is essentially what it seemed like, which would be devastating. Yeah, they don't even spend one second acting like they're sad to see her go in any way. They're, I don't know. It just seemed like they were excited. They really don't. They just like, afterwards, like directly after she's leaving, they're like, okay, bye, Shayna. Shayna is devastated. (laughs) She's so upset about it. But this outfit that she's wearing when she leaves, so she looks like a socialist dictator, but also, like, super hot. Yeah, like I said before, she definitely looks like a an African dictator's wife who is super high fashion and fierce. Okay, wait, wait why do you say wife outside of, like, the actual role of dictator? Because, like, the whole, like, vibe was very much, like, you know, she it's like a, kind of a wartime outfit and she's going to kill somebody. Really? I got that. I don't know, man. She just looks like someone who's benefited from her husband's rich richness and wealth from siphoning the entire GDP of a small country into their bank account to, you know, lavish themselves and to look amazing. She did look amazing. So perhaps you are right on this front. But you're definitely right. A wartime chic look would be super fierce. And I would be super here War- for that. That's true. Wartime chic. We don't get enough of it. Like, that look that Tina Turner had in um, Mad Max Thunderdome or whatever the fuck it was called. I need more of that in Whoa, my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not even wartime. That is, like, I mean, beyond space and wartime, you know? <laughs> That's fucking perfect. Thank you, thank you. That is honestly one of the greatest looks of all time. Like, fucking chainmail dress. Obviously, that is like literally the ultimate look. I just like, I I can't even place one above it. So meanwhile, like, let's get back to this episode. Um, So after Shayna leaves, we go back to the practice room and they are all super sad about what just happened. And fucking Kimber says it was the hardest thing she's ever done. Which I know. Like, I, know. I was like, what? Really? Like, bitch, harder than burying your father and your mother? Like, are you kidding me here? Yeah, it's just, like, so fucking (laughs) insane because so many bad things have happened to this bitch. Like, for instance, in Hawaii, when she was put in a fucking volcano. Yeah, remember when you were kidnapped in a foreign nation? Or, like, when all that shit went down in Morvania? Yeah! (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, bitch. Like, what? No, no, but this this is much harder. This is much harder. So then we cut to a scene with Jerrica, you know, wearing maybe the ugliest hat she has ever worn dude okay 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 okay. so like this is jerica's business cowboy cowboy look um but it looks more like a business space cowboy look but like not in the good way no absolutely not not at all it, yeah it was it was like 
And I also was like, okay, maybe like Weather Witch Cowboy, but that also sounds amazing. This was not amazing. It was like a cowboy hat and like a purple shirt that had thunderbolts on it for some reason. It was fucked up. Yeah, like I just don't understand why the hat was brown, but her jumpsuit was purple. I mean, like how come it's so glitzy on the bottom and so bland and ugly on top? Like it should have all been sparkly or something that I could at least get behind. It made no sense. Uh, it, it The outfit wasn't getting it done. I don't know what type of business she was doing, but nothing I want to be part of. Yep, pretty much. So anyway, while Jerrica is promoting this talent search for her band, the Misfits catch wind of all the free publicity the holograms are getting from this endeavor and are basically like freaking out about how like they're so in the news and publicized and what are they going to do about it. Fortunately, though, Eric is like already on it and they're going to find a new misfit. Uh, and... Pizzazz is like hesitant and Roxy's immediately like, yeah, we don't need another misfit. Who needs a four-way split? And then I was like, um, yes, please. I'll take a four-way split any time of day. Yeah, I mean, like, I imagine like a body with four <laughs> legs doing a split in like four different directions. You know what I mean? That is not what I thought, but I <laughs> love that your mind went there, Jocelyn. <laughs> So you thought it was, like, an orgy or something? Yes, obviously! <laughs> she literally said four-way! Yeah, no, you're right, and they're all very angry about this. Uh, except for Stormer, who's, like, the only musician of the group, who's very much like, honestly, having another member, like, might be a good idea. We can add another instrument, have, like, better music. Yeah, Roxy is being, like super defensive and territorial to the point where it's like juvenile and honestly kind of pathetic like she just does not understand the value of adding a number another member whatsoever because she's illiterate she's like you know i only have so much value and it's very very finite her amount of value so she's like if someone else comes in What'll I do? Because I can't read. I just bring it always. I, <laughs> I always bring it back to her, her, her illiteracy, which I'm sure is crippling. I mean, like, this bitch doesn't even know her fucking ABCs. How much can she know outside of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, when you spell it out like that, pun intended, that she doesn't know her ABCs is, like, pretty depressing. Maybe she does know her ABCs because there are different levels of illiteracy. Like maybe she can read a little bit, but can't sound out. No, I feel like words. there's like a bottom level illiteracy. That's where Roxy is. That's true. And like she probably doesn't even understand basic cause and effect. Either. No, exactly. Exactly. It's why she's always like finding herself in these like crazy situations. She's a... Uh, she doesn't really understand the, the concept of causality. I guess that's what happens when you're born on the mean streets of Pittsburgh or wherever the fuck. Like, she's acting like such a territorial dog, pissing on a fire hydrant, marking her territory or something. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, she's shooting her stream, shooting her stream. Um, and then we, so then we cut to, like, all these bands, but, like, they suck. And, like, so the Misfits are, like, on, like, the search. They're at the club. The club, I should say. Uh, looking for, you know, some talent. So I'm going to add to their ranks. And while these bands allegedly suck, their looks are, like, kind of real dope. Because this first band is hardcore punk. The second band is, like, glam punk with, like, double-colored, double like, lightning paints and fishnets. 
They are pretty fucking I've had dude wearing fishnets. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know I caught those fishnets. That was some good shit right there. It's a man wearing fishnets, right? Like, he had muscles and everything. Like, it was a dude, right? I think it was. I mean, so, if it was a man, that would be the best thing in the fucking world. I think... I'm pretty sure that it was. But I know I think because I paused this scene and like, you know, got a good look at everything everyone was serving. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was meant to be a woman, but you couldn't necessarily tell. Like the, obviously the animation was a very poor quality. Obviously. Uh, but I think they like they try like in some maybe not so subtle ways, tried to make it look like a woman because the men were all wearing the like lightning bolt red and blue pants. That being said, though. In the the brightest timeline, that was a man wearing fishnets, yes. And that's the timeline that I choose to exist in, Michael. But, like, I want to point out that it seems like all the background characters at these events and whatever are always dressed to the nines. They always look fucking wild and are always serving, like, some Dude, kind yeah, of realness. It's, and it, it's, it's factual. It's the case. It's, like, people waiting in line for a movie or some shit. They always look amazing. I think it's because, like, I guess the animators were like, I don't know, let's put them in some shit, and didn't really think too hard, and it always just kind of came yeah, out Yeah, they did come dope. out looking dope, but they also come out looking like they're on a lot of drugs, so I wonder where the animators got the inspiration for that, because they all look messed out. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Something uh, to find out, I guess, at next GemCon. So the Misfits are standing outside, basically, and they they hear the sound of a saxophone, which is honestly pretty fucking hot. Like, whoever's playing it is wailing on it, and everyone is living for it, except Roxy, of course. I mean, it sounded like a saxophone, I guess. It was all right. All right, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's... Okay. <laughs> As you boil down your anger, sure, 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 sure. Whatever, we'll just move on. But yeah, basically, <laughs> Pizzazz um, hears the crowd booing in response to this performance, and she's impressed by this for some reason. Yeah, Pizzazz is like, so she says something to the effect of, like, I like how she gets a crowd going or something like that. Yeah, what? It's like, <laughs> Okay, you want them booing at your bandmate? Sure, okay, whatever. I mean, they do love to cause a disturbance. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, they walk in to meet the woman behind the saxophone, and it turns out it's this British woman whose name is Jetta. Question. So, dude, so, okay, that was part of the things I had to ask. Because, like, one, I've, I've always thought Jetta was fucking Asian. But then you have told me that she's not, and I was, I blew my mind. Um, two, when do they officially say her name? Because I swear to God, we do not find out what the fuck this woman's name is until the end of the episode. Honestly, I'm not quite sure because I guess I just knew it from before, so that's why I remember it. So, because, like, when I was writing notes, I couldn't remember her name, and, like, I didn't bother Googling it or anything. So all I called her was, like, Asian misfit bitch. And then I was like, have they said her name yet? Have I missed it? And it wasn't until the end. I was like, finally. Uh, and she also may or may not be Asian. Again, like, TBD listener. Like, it's a choose-your-own-adventure at this point. I mean, I guess, like, one could be Asian and British at the same time, I guess. But I mean, like, she could be from Hong Kong and, you know, went to school in England or something. 
That's that is definitely true, but I don't think this cartoon is sophisticated enough for that. <laughs> they wouldn't go with like world events and hashtag history. Fuck no, dude. You saw how they handled the episode on China. I do not trust them with that that's shit. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, fair enough. I yeah, that was that was too sophisticated of a read. So the misfits walk into the concert hall and Jetta is basically beating someone with her saxophone. Yeah, I I loved it. She's just like, you know, like like a bludgeon hitting at the crowd. It's good stuff. Yeah, she's bludgeoning the crowd. And basically this prompts Pizzazz to be like, yo, you bitch, I like your style. I want you to be part of the Misfits. And they proceed to sing a song together called I Like Your Style. I mean, I like her style. I like this style mainly because it is like a gay anthem with a little bit of saxophone <laughs> in there. Fucking say Let that. Let me tell you why. Oh my god. Uh, opening line is "I come right out." Of course, yeah. of course. Go Same on. Feel. Sure, 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 sure. You got my appeal. Eh, let's maybe I don't know why I wrote that one down. Neither do I. Um, but, <laughs> but the refrain basically says. I like your style. I know you are versatile. And I was like, oh, I get it. You want someone to like top you and also bottom. I did think of you when she says you you are versatile. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, come on, come on. Uh, And then, oh, no, 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 no. And then there's another part where Pizzazz says, we can make some noise, you and I. And then Stormer and Roxy in the background Basically go like, whoop, 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 whoop. It's like a very animalistic, like, oh, they fucking, I get it. <laughs> Michael, I have never, ever said whoop, whoop during sex, okay? Well, I thought it was like, it was very much like they were like, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's an animalistic, like, passion-fueled romp. And this is the noises we make. Like, you know, we're just like two animals going at it. All right, sure. Um, regardless, this music video itself is like pretty boring, despite how you know animalistic and sexy the actual song is. Yeah, no, it's pretty. It's pretty boring. At one point, Jetta pulls this like street urchin England style slang out of nowhere uh, when she's talking to Roxy, and she's like, "I'm gonna clean your clock, eh?" And like. I've never heard that. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, actually, so that, I actually didn't second guess that or even double take. That's like a phrase. I'm going to clean your clock. Like, I'm gonna oh, okay. So it's basically like, I'm going to punch you in the face then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, clean your clock, essentially, like you said, punch you in the face. Uh, people have said that in the past. 
I don't know. I guess I just feel like sometimes the writers of the show use the slang that's supposed to be for like cool young people that people haven't actually said since the 1950s. So I guess it's just a little bit jarring to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. And like that was emblematic of that fact. I agree. Anyways, so the Misfits immediately enjoy invite her to join the band. And Eric comes out of nowhere and he's like, hey, man, like, do you have a work permit? Like, we don't want any legal trouble. It's like, Eric, since when do you care about the legality of matters? I know, I know. Like, yes, he's an illegal alien. That's like right up your alley, dude. (laughs) What are you talking about? Uh, But I do love Pizzazz's response of like, yo, dude, my dad's lawyers will take care of that. And that's when Jetta is instantly like, oh, they will? Money will solve my problems? Like, I'm into this. Let's do it. Yeah, like truly, Jetta reveals that she and the Misfits are pretty much a match made in heaven in a lot of Which, regards. Which, again, we're not really sure if Jetta has been named yet. We're like, up, up until this point, she may be just that maybe Asian new Misfit. Uh, anyway, Jetta's ethnicity notwithstanding, the for sure Asian character. Her name's Aja. Yeah, bitch's name is Aja, and basically she walks into this record store or music store, drum store, whatever, and the guy who owns it named Barry um, introduces her to his friend who just came back from Europe, who plays the drum super well, is a professional musician, and Aja's immediately super impressed because, yeah, he has great rhythm, and it turns out he has blue hair. And she has blue hair, so it must be a match made in heaven. Right, it's like blue-haired crew for life, you know? Like, you have blue hair, I have blue hair, we must fall in love and fuck, right? Exactly, exactly. I actually, quite honestly, like, when I was watching, even though I know, like, spoiler alert, he's Stormer's brother, I didn't even catch that element of, like, the blue hair, blue hair. I thought it was much more like, he has blue hair, Aja has blue hair, Obviously, they have to fuck them. Yeah, exactly. I think, if anything, I've learned that the show only sees color because, like, <laughs> if you're black, black Exactly, boyfriend. exactly. And when, like, the colors are maybe a little bit too similar, they'll make their hair colors the same. Yeah, so basically in the scene, uh, Craig Phillips is um, hitting on Aja pretty hard, and she's, like, kind of playing along with it, which I found surprising because, like, I always read Aja as a lesbian, which is something that I really liked about her, but she seems like oddly receptive to his advances. No, dude, I I liked it. I thought this was like very much like a barking up the wrong tree moment. Is how I kind of because she's it. a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. She's like doesn't really give a fuck about any of his advances. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Like, I mean, later on they more explicitly show some sort of attraction, but in this moment, I was like, "Yo, bitch! Like, she's good. Don't worry about it." Yeah, I mean, like, because she, you know, has enough pussy to eat at home, as Rob Ford would have said, R.I.P. Yeah, exactly, but this is too heteronormcore for that, unfortunately. But we had this moment, at least. Although, okay, so I watched this episode twice, um, you know, once last night, and then once whilst making excessive notes. Um, <laughs> as one does. But um, the end of this kind of scene is, like, he decides to essentially enter the competition, because he's like, oh, okay, like, y'all show you, uh, Aja... You're about to find out how serious Craig's Craig Phillips can be. And every single time I burst out laughing because I was like, oh, my God, of course, he has two first names. Fucking gem in the holograms. You can't even make up last names. You can't even try. Craig Phillips for real. 
Okay, yes, I hear you, but as far as their ridiculous last names go, at least Phillips is an actual last name. I suppose, but so is, like, Richards or Raymond. Or, like, Jeffries, Gregories, Andrews. Like, dude, like, there's a million, there's literally a million last names. I mean, yes, you say that, but now that I'm called upon to think of one, I can't think of a single real last name. Uh, well, you know what? We'll just do another. We'll just do two first names, don't you? <laughs> no, I was going to know. Yeah. Uh, William? What's a last name if not just a first name? Yeah, that's so true, dude. Like, they don't even spend, like, one second trying to think of an actual real Last See, name. I've never seen Smith in this show. I've never even I've never seen a Jones or a other generic. Yeah, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, that's also that's a, that's a last name. Like, come on, there's a lot of generic last names out there, people. I mean, we've seen how the show handles like literally everything from animation to dialogue to plot to names. Like, they don't give any fucks. <laughs> like, you think they're gonna try? <laughs> Let me just. Slap an S onto the end of Eddie first name, but it's magically a last name. Like fucking uh John's a last name. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Johns. John's. Yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. John Michaels, obviously. Of course, of course. That's a way more distinguished name. <laughs> so no, like I actually met I think it's like this kid was on my hockey team when I was you know a kid on a hockey team. And his name was Anthony Michael. No, 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 no. It was Michael Anthony. No, his name was literally Michael Anthony. His first name was Michael Anthony. But what was his last name, though? Was it like Gregory's? Did he have three first names? <laughs> I don't know. It was like Michael Anthony de Matteo or something. Uh, something Italian. But I just loved how his first name was two first names. Okay, okay, okay. What if someone's name was two last names, though? Oh, uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> like, uh, Distophilus. <laughs> Jesus. Pallister. That is a horrible name. <laughs> Terrible name. So yeah, to return to this episode, um, after that little encounter between Aja and Craig Phillips at the drum store, we cut to a scene at the talent search with Gem and the Holograms. No, no, no. No, first we go to Alonzo Nursery. Oh, right. Of course. And Alonzo Nursery is actually like a garden or a garden store. Uh, and this is some like Latino dude and he's like, you know, working in his, uh, his garden center yeah, his nursery. Yeah, his nursery. I didn't. I, I was gonna call it that, but that's not what it is. That's what they're <laughs> called, though. It's called that, but it's not necessarily what it is. It's like a, a plant nursery, I suppose, but it's much more just like a place where you buy vegetables and or plants. Um, and so Alonzo, he like finds a flyer for the whole talent competition, and he's like, "Oh, like you know, I'll give it to Ray," or like his son says, "I'll give it to Ray," or whatever. Anyways. And he brings it over to his daughter, Rhea, who's uh, drumming up in the garage. And it is love how this bitch is too dumb to realize, like, what he's bringing it for. Because she's literally like, oh, no, Jen lost her drummer. That's so terrible. And Alonzo has to be like, no, they're searching for a new drummer. Like, come on, get with it. Yeah, and even once uh, she finds out that they're looking for a new drummer, she immediately feels like she's inadequate. And she's being such a, like, whiny defeatist about it and it's horrible dude yeah yeah no 
Yeah, no, Ray is the worst. Her dad is literally the best parent in the world. Right? Um, and I actually, I, I love how they also further demonstrate how the father is the best because her mom then walks into the garage <sighs> and is basically like, no, 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 no. Don't follow your dreams. That's stupid. No one wants to be a drummer. Like, you shouldn't go do this. And the dad has to be like, no, maybe you should. And then Ray, you know, finds the confidence to go decide to do it. And yeah, like the mom is telling her that no girl should aspire to be a drummer. And also she's disparaging Rhea's chosen name and being like, no, no, your name is not Rhea. That's so silly. Your name is Carmen. Right, right, right. Again, her mom being the worst. So anyway, we like cut to the auditions finally. And on stage before Gem and the Holograms are a bunch of like mentally challenged, completely incompetent drummers. Like, honestly deranged oh dude most of them are i i feel like a special needs class came in like on mass yeah like the first person i think it was a woman she like can't seem to control her drumsticks and it's like throwing them everywhere some other dude like yeah he he rolls in with like a like a tiny hand drummer set um and with an obvious like you know physical deformation as well because i feel like his face was very scrunched <laughs> And we get this comment from Jem, which is actually a pretty sassy comment for her. She was like, I never realized there were so many bad drummers in the whole world. Which, yeah, like, pretty fucking sassy. I've never heard Jem throw shade like that. It is sassy for a Jem comment, but also, like, I think of all, like, musicians, I feel like there's, like, a, like a higher proportion of bad drummers than there are others. Because I think it's harder to tell for most people if a drummer is bad. I also think that it's, like, harder to practice. Like, having a drum set is probably a lot more expensive than having a guitar. And, like, they're really big and not you don't have a lot of places yeah. to practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, finding places to practice is difficult. And two, like, how awful you are is much more uh, apparent, given how loud it is. Yeah, the lack of rhythm is quite apparent to all of these candidates for yeah, the competition. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, Aja and Kimber in their, like, business daytime outfits look great. I really, really liked it. I thought Jem and Rio looked like trash. Um, I Rio was there. Rio was there. I wrote down he looks like he's wearing the clothing version of a Lego Jurassic Park set. Sounds um, fucking awful. Yeah, it was weird, dude. It was. It had, like, an animal print, but also, like, sections, and it was a, it was a weird sweater thing going on. Uh, but yeah, Asha's outfit was great with her ponytail and her fingerless glove moment. Dude, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I love the ponytail. And you know I love some fingerless gloves. I feel like that's one of the top five facts about you yeah. that everyone needs to know. Exactly, exactly. I feel like the listener should know at this point. Like, I love a good fingerless glove. Uh, but then Rhea comes up to the talent search and immediately backs out because there's like a long line. And in this moment, I was like, Rhea, like, Rhea, I hate you. Like, what? You're, you don't feel like waiting in this line and thus you're going to quit? It was, I'm going to say it, maybe the weakest bitch moment of the episode. Yeah, I really am not a fan of Rhea in this episode whatsoever. She has mm-hmm. no moxie or gumption. She has no confidence. And it's just, like, kind of annoying to watch. <laughs> um, I do not like her at all. Um, and then we cut back to, like, a nice father-daughter moment with Alonzo and Rhea. And Alonzo, like, pretty much his entire vibe of this episode is, like, dropping life lessons left and right. And he's basically like, yo, my dumb, stupid, 
potentially illiterate daughter. You can't just, like, give up when things are hard. And she's like, oh, right, I forgot about that. Thank God, because I have the memory of a goldfish, and I need you to guide me through everything, Father. Uh, uh, she's so dumb. They, <laughs> yeah. And they go to the, they go back to the talent search, but unfortunately it's over. But Alonzo has a plan, and he basically, like, kind of carries some plants from his van and goes to, like, the security, and is like, oh, like, a delivery for Gem the Holograms, the, um, the security guard waves them in, and I love how no one questions how two people of color who are, who are obviously just doing paid labor should be allowed into any space ever. I was like, ah, that was, you know, like two white people. You'd be like, oh, where are you going with those fucking flowers? I just like how they <laughs> assume anyone so with a different skin tone is obviously doing something for white people. Yeah, and like all the people who do manual labor in this show are people of color. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> check yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and Jem is wearing a shitty headband because she's so shitty. It's a real shitty headband. I had to call it out there. Of course, of and, course. Um, Alonzo, Alonzo kind of comes in with his plants, and he basically gets Jem and the Holograms to agree to listen to Rhea play while also throwing her under the bus because I love how she basically says to Jem, like, look, like she's super shy and like she won't ever do this again, so like please do this for her because she's mad weak. Uh, which I, I just like, I loved how her father like could recognize a level, like, you know, the capacity her daughter had, his daughter had. Yeah. And like, he knows that Jem is a do-gooder, like to the point of being super annoying. So he knew that this would pull at her heartstrings and give Rhea an actual chance. Fair. And Alonzo, like not only like master gardener, you know, master manipulator too. We stand, we stand 100%. Oh yeah. I'm also here for Alonzo. Yeah. We're super here for Alonzo and basically, um, Rhea auditions with the holograms and they play a song together called Believe in Yourself, which is just like such a generic, like sunshine and rainbows type gem in the hologram song and a pretty weak music video. Like nice little like backstory montage showcasing like Rhea when she was a kid first starting on the drums and like she's like you know turning people or turning people away but then Alonzo comes in and like you know gives her a pat on the back and you know helps her grow and I was like oh I guess we're gonna see more of Rhea's like backstory but no that's the only piece that we haven't already seen because the rest of the song is just all of the stuff we've already seen from your backstory. And I was literally like, wow. Like, she's so two-dimensional. You couldn't even think of other shit that happened in her life to, like, space out a 45-second song. They couldn't even, like, be bothered to throw in a, a glitzy eyeball moment. Like, we zoom into her eyeball and they're hugging in her eyeball. And then we zoom out of the eyeball and then, like, some other shit is happening. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. their eyeballs are hugging in her eyeball there you go your eyeballs are hugging <laughs> the 
seldom seen eyeball hug. Um, it happens. Do you very think rarely. that like when your eyes are crossed, it's just your eyeballs try to hug each other? I, you know what? Yes, I'm gonna say yes. It great. I I love that. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, so yeah, very very little effort done in any characterization for Rhea, which is a shame because your character is terrible. Um, but I don't know whether I love or hate what she's. Yeah, wearing. I like it. I think it's great. Really just, flowers. Yeah. So like, it's like a flower pattern on the top and flower pattern on the bottom, like kind of like a jumpsuit with a vest and a skirt underneath or over it. I should say. Um, you're into it. You're into it. I don't know. I think it's pretty daring to wear uh, flowers like that on top and on the bottom. And I just think that it's like a very rare move for an adult to wear something like that. It's like a child's outfit. A fashionable child. Right. Sub in the flowers for ladybugs. It's basically the same vibe. But I guess like she, she, she makes it work a little, to a degree. Yeah, I think she makes the outfit work well enough for her. But anyway, um, once... Alonzo and um, Rhea go back to the elevator kind of victoriously because Gem and the Holograms want them to come back for a second audition. Um, Alonzo realizes that he leaves his orchids in the room. So Rhea's like, oh, I'll go get them. I'll go back. And she is at the door and she's looking in just as Jerrica or sorry, Gem turns back into Jerrica and she's like so shook by this, which is kind of surprising because it's like, and she says, oh, Jem's really Jerrica Benton? It's like, bitch, who the fuck knows who Jerrica Benton even is? Like, Jerrica Benton is a nobody. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, it actually, I mean, it wasn't really established. She's like a hardcore Jim and the Holograms fan. Because then you might know who their, like, manager is. But even then, uh, it's a little iffy. Uh, and then we cut to commercial and we come back and it's the same scene playing out. And Aja basically spells out how, like, you know, Jericho, you should be really careful if we're going to have a new band member and you have to, like, reveal your secret identity. And then fucking Synergy pops up to explain things even further, but also make things look cracked out as hell. Because not only has this bitch Rhea seen someone change identities magically, but then she sees some sort of jazzercise ghost pop out of nowhere. Yeah, and Rhea is, like, so confused and terrified that she, like, books it out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she runs the fuck out of there. It's basically to her dad, like, yo, 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 we gotta go, we gotta go. Like, fuck the flowers, fuck the flowers. Uh, but Jerrica notices that they were gone. She, like, brings them back. And they awkwardly leave. And then Alonzo, like, knows something is up because he's the best dad ever. But Rhea's being super shady about it. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely Rhea was um, secretive and shady because she is a huge fan of gems and doesn't want to blow her secret. But anyway, we go to back to the auditions and this time it's Craig Phillips who's auditioning and he joins the holograms to play the song. I got my eye on you. Um, and it's just like super flirty and whatever between him and Aja. Okay. Okay. The thing is, like, before the song actually starts, there's, like, a, like a, a frame where Craig is, like, dropping off his resume to Aja. And for whatever reason, I paused it. And you see Craig's arms. And, like, 
yo, dude is toned. Like they took they took a minute to really draw the definition into those guys like triceps, forearm areas, and I was like, yo, dude, respect. Like that's some good shit right there. Yeah, those arms were super beefy and veiny, but I don't know if he's hot. I'm not gonna say Craig Phillips is attractive. I'm saying his arm was pretty hot in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. It was a, it was a hot arm mo. <laughs> exactly. Arm exactly. An arm mo. No, it's a, it's a hot arm. Yeah, like I'd fuck his arm, but like only in that instance. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't want anything to do with you, Craig Phillips. So, yeah, basically, um, they're playing this song, and Aja's hair is, like, flopping everywhere in a very hot ponytail swisheroo. And basically, like, she and Craig are making eye contact throughout the duration of the song. Right, and the song is, like, I got my eye on you. So it's all about, like, yo, I'm eye-fucking you from afar. Except, like, maybe not even that far. Wow, Jocelyn, I never even thought of that implication of eye-fucking. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, you pretty much set me up for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a group effort, but like, jeez, my eye brain is blown. Michael, have you forgotten that the eye and the brain are one? (laughs) What is the brain but the eye of the mind? (laughs) Your mind's eye, if you will. Anyway, um, so we cut to this party that the holograms are having at the Starlight Mansion for the top eight nominees for the drumming position. And basically, they provide the justification for such an event being that um, interpersonal skills and like personality are just as important in finding a band member as is talent, which is valid. But anyway, there's this like skunk haired lady who is such a bitch to Rhea for no reason. Dude, like, this Elvis cowboy skunk woman is so much. Yeah, she's giving off this, like, big crackhead energy. She, like, she rolls up, she's like, I played with Stink Moss, the Big Ape, and the Nasties. Who the fuck have you played with? And I was like, oh, are all those, are those drug dealers that you know, (laughs) ma'am? Or, like, gangs she's slept with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She also has, like, a heart cheek, like, she has a tattoo on her cheek. Of a heart with an arrow through it. So she's definitely murdered somebody. And yeah, this woman, meth head, whoever, basically calls Rhea a wimp and says she never stood a chance for this competition. They want a real pro, not just some, like, insecure bitch who only plays in the fucking garage. And Rhea is super shook up by that, but Jem and the holograms will not abide by that. No, ma'am. They kick her out essentially right 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 
Uh, and then we cut to orphans playing with a pinata, <laughs> which I was like, oh, of course, the, like the Latin person brought a pinata. Yep, of course. Uh, it, which she did. Fortunately, though, Bonnie, who doesn't need eyeballs, slash already has no eyeballs, is on the pinata scene and she like creams that pinata because like a bitch don't need eyes. So true. Um, so true. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what happens. Yeah, I didn't understand at all why she needed to be wearing a blindfold since she's already blind. She already had, I mean, it's just for dramatic effect. I get it. And then we had this, like, real, like random exchange between Craig Phillips and this other random dude. Because this other random dude is like, oh, like, this girl brought a pinata, like, anything to win points. And Craig responds rather angrily, like, she doesn't need to do those things. Like, you know, Rhea's a good person. And this, I'm just going to note is the first instance of Craig's unhinged psychological nature. Because that dude is, like, mad crazy. And we'll see more of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I forgot that he was deranged. remember when you see this episode, because he's mad nuts. And we will see more of that next episode. And then after he said, like, oh, she's such a good person, um, Aja was like, yeah, you've got a good heart, too. I was like, really? Like, what gave you that impression? Exactly. He just came across as, like, kind of crazy. Yeah. So anyway, we cut to this press conference where the Misfits are revealing their new member, Jetta, um, to the press. And the reporters are pretty savage. Like, one of them is like, if you're so big in England, like, why the fuck are you here? And, like, are you a criminal? And all that other shit. Dude, and then some other, like, savage journalist is like, if you're so famous, why have we never heard of you? Which I loved as a question. Yeah, I cannot believe how rude that question was. So rude. But, like, I mean, I'm not going to say fair, but, like, mad cutting. I mean, I'm going to say it's fair. They look like fucking crackhead white trash. They really do. Roxy, though, looks amazing. She's wearing, like, this, like, purple dress gown with, like, a scarab necklace. It's good shit. Uh, definitely giving some like Egyptian goddess vibes. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. Some sort of glamorous woman painted on the pyramids. Uh, yeah, if a pyramid was in Louisiana, that's what she looked like to me. <laughs> pyramids in Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana pyramids. Yeah, I don't know what those would look like. Like either they'd be made out of garbage or like mud or something, but they'd be there. Yeah, they'd be there exactly. <laughs> so we um anyway we. Cut to the Misfits, um, leafing through a magazine or newspaper, um, talking about, like, the two band's new members and the talent search for the holograms, and they're super bummed about, like, all the attention and publicity that Gem and the Holograms are getting while they're getting very little. Yeah, it's also page 18 while, you know, Gem and the Holograms get, like, like the cover and page one and such, which... I feel bad for them for it. That sucks. Yeah, and at which point Stormer sees the cover and realizes that her brother, Craig Phillips, is on the cover and that she knows him. Right. She basically just says, like, oh, I know one of them, then storms out of there because uh, her name is Stormer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in the meantime, um, Eric is hatching a new scheme on how to get to Gem and the Holograms, and he decides to go through the weakest member, which he realizes is Rhea. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to invite her out out and manipulate her, essentially. Which is super shady. Super shady. They're also at, like, a Japanese restaurant. Like, I guess one of those ones where, like, you know, they're being maybe overly traditional and everything is floor level. Yeah, I thought that an odd choice for a business meeting. Yeah, which is, like, why? (laughs) 
It, it does allow him to get very close to her face without having to bend over too much, though. Yeah, and he, like, gets super into her face and, like, just super creepy and, like, like manipulative and abusive and, like, giving off, like, super predator, super predator vibes, like. Which I respect. I do. I, you know, predator vibes, I'm always here for. Uh. <laughs> Maybe not so much. <laughs> Michael, oh my god. I said the word predator in a much different context than what I when I realize most people associate with it. Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily here for it, but I do give a guy cred for finding the weak link. Yeah, and he basically does a very good job of demoralizing her and like stripping her of her confidence and being like, you know, you never really had a chance to begin with. Jem was just trying to seem nice and like you had a right, chance. Right, like the whole like the talent search was like a publicity stunt, which I think is like a good angle. Um, and yeah, like you said, like we're going to go with the season pro so Craig will win. Um, and then he bribes her essentially with like a contract and money. And we assume, you know, given by her father's work, like they're, you know, they're five. They're not necessarily well off. So like they're, I mean, arguably working class. So she understands the importance of money. Yeah, basically in exchange for this record deal and the money, basically Eric Raymond like says, all you have to do is tell me who Jem really is, what her real persona is, since you'll be up close and personal with the band so frequently. But like, it also gets like very sexual assaulty because he leans in like really, really close. Like, just tell me who Jem is. And it's just like, dude, like, did you have to get it to like face to face level and like, you know, like leer over the table for that? It was a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, intimidation and abuse are definitely two of Eric's top kinks, I would say, um, in addition to just being super into goons. So we all, like, we know he's got a goon fetish. Avi. Avi got a goon fetish. Um, he's also attracted to any scenario. He also, like, he is sexually pleasured by any scenario that demonstrates power over another thing. Yes, Case exactly. point, a wrecking ball on a dilapidated building. He will come immediately. Um, <laughs> and that be outside of that, I do think he is maybe like maniacally sexual. Like his sexualness is like his sexual, maybe not attractiveness, but his ability to perform is dictated by will this get me more things? Thus, he can be kind of like a creeper in this instance. That being said, I should be like, we should kind of like roll through the cast here because Eric Raymond. Fluid sexuality, depending on the circumstances, I do believe his default preference is for men. Uh, yes, 100%. Uh, Zipper, yeah. etc. Yeah. Shayna, I think, heterosexual. I think Shayna's a heterosexual woman, which is, like, you know, good for her. Good for her, but I guess they couldn't have, like, a black queer woman be on the show in the 80s. It's, like, way too much for them already to deal with a black character. Tony Jules, though, I'm going to say, like, closet homo. So, like, it sucks for Shayna. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Kimber, Kimber, definitely a lesbian. Um, no way. She likes men too much. Does she, though? Or is she just, like, a mad, horny teenager who doesn't know what she wants? Yeah, maybe she's bi. I definitely think that I, Jerrica is asexual. Yeah, Jerrica Benton asexual. Jem, though, I feel like is bisexual. Yeah, I'm not, like, totally sure that Jem is bi, but, like, Aja is definitely No, no, no. Aja, Aja is... No, yeah, yeah. I, I was, like, gonna argue maybe Aja could be bisexual, but no, she, you're right. She's a, she's a lesbian. She only likes women. 
Um, Stormer, lesbian. <laughs> Roxy, uh... You know what? I'm going to say Roxy's... I'm not sure that Roxy can consent, so uh, maybe we shouldn't sexualize her. <laughs> the idea of consent does not apply to Roxy because she has the mind of a four-year-old. Um, pizzazz, I, I, I... Definitely a necrophiliac. Yeah. Okay, fair, 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 fair. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Gets off on death and or dead things. Um... Uh, Jetta too early to call. We don't know quite yet. Yeah, Jetta's kind of a wild card. She could be into literally anything. But yeah, now to move on to Baddiston, weakest bitch. Who? What are we thinking? Weakest bitch of the episode. So I mean, quite honestly, I think given our commentary, which has run very, very long, um, it has to go between Shayna or Rhea. Uh, I. I'm going to say Rhea, though. Yeah, that's fair. I think Rhea's a good choice because, like, Shayna was, like, miserable throughout the episode, but at least, like, she, you know, believed in herself enough to go after what she wanted. So that's good. Yeah, and, like, I think, like, Shayna, despite the fact that she was, you know, super weak about everything, she still made decisions for herself and also decisions for her own self-interest, like her fashion career. Rhea was much more of, like, you know, very passive. Her dad had to kind of do everything for her to really kind of like get ahead. So uh, Rhea be the weakest in my book. I agree with that. For baddest bitch, I definitely think it's her dad. Oh, dude, 100% alone though. baddest bitch of the episode. Like that is, you can't, ref- like it's irrefutable. Yeah, and I definitely will not refute it. So with all of that in mind, um, Rhea, Alonzo, uh, Congratulations on your title. And that kind of brings us to the end of yet another episode of Gem Girls podcast. Um, I encourage you guys to go and check out our social media um, at Gem Girls podcast on both Twitter and Instagram and to check out our blog as well. Um, gemgirls.com. There's some hot blog content there for you guys. Blog tent. Sweet, sweet, sweet blog tent. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a, a tent made of blogs. Uh, it's not what it is. There are things on there you can read. There are words you can read and everything. But also, just as a reminder, uh, because, you know, we want the good word of gem to get out there as high gemissaries of the Church of Marks under the High Lord of Eyeballs. We, you know, want to spread our unnecessary commentary. So you should just give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts, probably just Apple Podcasts. So give us five stars and a positive review. The review can be two words. It could be 80 words. It could be 3,000 words. I also don't really know about that last part. There's probably a word limit. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a word limit. But you could even write a thesis. You could write, I mean, you could write a thesis on our inane babbling. I probably, uh... On like the cultural zeitgeist of the uh, the latter age millennials and their descent into general madness. Um, <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's, that's it. Pretty cool. uh, regardless, you know, raise and review us. Show us some love. We'll show you some love, physically or otherwise. Uh, and with all that said and done, I am Orifice Jones and I'm Hakuna Matitis. And until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous.